Welcome to the Mission Driven Mom podcast. This podcast is for moms just like you who want to learn how to glorify God through finding and embracing true principles, discovering and developing your greatest gifts, and using them to serve your family and community. I am Audrey Rillis-Walker. I'm the founder of the Mission Driven Mom and author of The Mission Driven Life. And with me today, I have Kim Miner, Lindsay Wright, and Liana Irving. Thank you, ladies, so much for joining me. Lindsay's been with us for quite a long time on our MDM board, but Liana and Kim have just recently joined our Clapham leadership team. And you might be wondering what that is. We thought we'd do another Facebook Live here in the coming months, weeks or months, and talk about why that's our name and who we are and what we're doing. So thanks for joining us. I got this Maya Mission Driven Mom t-shirt on. There's a bunch of other t-shirts and other merchandise in the MDM store. They do so fit nice. They actually fit really nice. So do the sweatshirts. They run sweatshirt. a little small. So they, do. they do. Normally I wear a small, but I've got a medium on this. So look at those measurements. But yeah, they're really comfortable and cute. All right. We're going to talk about being a mother of principle because it's what we do and because it's really important, but also because it's the theme for our MDM celebration this year. Now, if you're new to the Mission Driven Mom and you've never been exposed to what this thing is called the MDM celebration, I'll tell you what it is. When we were first putting the MDM Academy together, which is kind of the core of what we do, we have this Facebook group, we have a podcast, we have other tools and resources for you. But a, a big goal that we have is for women to join our academy there's community, there's readings, there's videos, and there's all kinds of really cool life-changing activities in there that you can do that, will, that really kind of up your game and help you become more principle-centered. For sure, there's principles lists all throughout our workbook. I think 13 lists to be exact. Then level two is all about finding principles. So definitely principles is a huge thing that we do here. The first reason for him having the MDM celebration was to celebrate the women who had moved up levels in the academy. So at the end of every celebration or during lunch, whatever works best that year, we celebrate the moms that have accomplished things in the academy. And sometimes they give us testimonials. And sometimes they, if we're live, which we hope to be this year, they walk across stage and get a certificate and a, a little hug from us. And we tell everybody a little bit about them. So it's really, really fun. But we also have attached a day of training and connection around this celebration event. And so we've had two so far, our first and second annual MDM celebration. They're always in the fall. And there's always a theme. The first year, our theme was Mothers of Discernment. And that year, we talked all about what it means to be a woman who can discern better. We had some presentations and some workshops and a luncheon. It was a total blast, an award ceremony that evening. And there's some videos from that event and some pictures of that event on the website that you can go look at. And actually, every year we videotape it too. So you can actually go purchase the recordings. We record the whole thing and they're just $39. You can go watch what we covered. There's a workbook, a little PDF workbook that we create every year to go with those recordings. And you can go grab that. It's got all the lectures and the PDF for you, the little workbook for you to work through the material as if you'd been there. So it's pretty great. And then last year we had to go virtual. That one was Mothers of Vision. And actually when we released the theme at first, there was a little bit of, oh, everybody talks about vision and 
But our take on being mothers of vision and what it means to partner with God to bring about vision and how it's connected to faith turned out to be really phenomenal. There was a vision walk and we walked you all the way through creating a vision and building a whole plan of action around it. And there's actually a whole card that you fill in everything and you can use to help you fulfill your vision. So that's what those were this year. Our theme is Mothers of Principle. And that page on the website talks all about what this event is going to be like this year. We still have to nail down the exact location, but it will be here in Dallas. So we hope you can travel out and see us live and it will be all day and we'll have an award ceremony. We'll talk all about principles, everything principles, what they are, why they matter, how to discover them, how to live them better. It's going to be super awesome. So with that in mind, we thought it would be really awesome to talk for a few minutes today about what it means to some of us who have been on this journey for a little while, what it means to be a mother of principle, how we can be more principle-centered mothers, women, and homemakers. So I'm going to start, and I want to tell you how this all started for me. And I'm going to tell you, I probably, I'm sure I knew the word principle. I grew up in a religious home. And so I'm sure we talked about principles and, you know, obviously I knew that word. I'm not actually sure what I thought it meant. It didn't really mean a whole lot to me really when I was younger. It just was something, I guess I thought it was just like a truth or something, but I didn't understand how important it was. Even after I read seven habits, which was helpful It really, everything changed for me when I was actually introduced to the law of nature. And I have two readings with me today from the original authors that introduced me to the law of nature, the exact sections that I read that really changed everything for me. So the first one is John Locke in his second treatise on civil government. And he starts this out by talking about how we all were in a state of nature because he's trying to talk about civil government, right? And he's saying, okay, but what's the root of government? Where does government come from? Where does, how does it start? So let's talk about that. So he says, well, we're hypothetically, you know, we're all kind of in this state of nature. We're just out there. There's no government. We're just us. We're just doing our thing and we're trying to get along. And so what's that like? And then after he talks about the state of nature and he explains that we're in a natural state of liberty, he says this. The state of nature has a law of nature to govern it, which obliges everyone and reason, which is that law, teaches all mankind who will but consult it, that being all equal and independent, no one ought to harm another in his life, health, liberty, or possessions. Which, of course, goes back to the conversation that Lindsay and I had about principles of government, part one, when we were talking about these natural rights natural duties that are part of this law of nature, but it was the first time I'd ever really paid attention to the phrase, the law of nature. I mean, of course, it's in the declaration, the law of nature and nature's God, but I just didn't get it. Maybe other people get it sooner than me, but I just didn't get it. And then a little bit later, I read some Blackstone, who was a lawyer in the 1700s in England, and he took upon himself to write out pretty much all of the British common law, which took a lot of volumes, as you can imagine. But I went to this seminar that 
was about government and economics, and they had us read some, some Blackstone. And Blackstone said this, which was kind of the second step in understanding this. He said, he's talking about, there are different kinds of law, and these laws come from God, and you know, there's civil law, and there's the law of nations, blah, blah, blah. And he starts it all out by talking about this law of nature, and he says, God has so intimately connected so inseparably interwoven the laws of eternal justice with the happiness of each individual that the latter cannot be obtained but by observing the former. And if the former be punctually obeyed, it cannot but induce the latter. And he goes on to say that this means that God has graciously reduced the rule of obedience to this one paternal precept that man should pursue his own true and substantial happiness. This is the foundation of what we call ethics or natural law. So what he's saying here is God's a super great guy who's made the world such that he's put this law of nature in place. And if his children obey it, then they're happy. And if they don't, then they're not. And that's what the law of nature essentially is. And that you can't really pursue your own happiness without living God's laws. So every time you live God's, law, God's laws, that's your true and substantial happiness. You're becoming more happy, which is making the people around you become more happy, which is why, and he printed, he published this in 1770 or 75. Jefferson read it. It's one of the reasons why this phrase is in Locke as well, that we should pursue our happiness. That's what they meant. And that's why they referenced God's law, the law of nature and nature's God. Because what they meant was, okay, here's the plan. We're going to all obey God's laws and that's going to make us happy. So we're going to pursue our happiness and we have the right to do that because we're free and equal. So that's where I was first introduced to the law of nature. And I remember sitting in that classroom discussing Locke and thinking, this is the bridge that you could build with people. Like before you even had a conversation, maybe even about God, but definitely about a certain religious or religion or faith, you could have a conversation about the law of nature. You could just talk about how there's some things that are absolute all the time for everybody. I got taught by the greats that there's this law of nature and from them flow these first principles and then these principles follow and that first principles are intuitive, but principles have to be learned and lived. And that if we do that, that we could be happy. And according to this kind of ancient definition of happiness, which means, you know, that we're have had a happy life. So that was my introduction and it changed everything. It caused my husband and I to go on a retreat and to create a family mission statement that, you know, is from the Bible, the truth shall make you free, the words of Jesus. And so it became this pursuit in our lives that God rules us by a law of nature and he's put principles in place. So our job is to find them and live them. So for, I don't know, 15, 17 years, that's really what we've been doing is trying to find principles and live them. And I can say that it has helped us order so many areas of our lives. It's helped us to overcome addictions. It's helped us to overcome health challenges. It's helped us to overcome financial obstacles. It's helped us learn how to run a business. It's definitely healed our marriage. It's made us better parents. Like the principles of any area of life help to order it. You're just putting yourself in line with how God governs the world. And so I feel like I've still got so far to go, but I see some success and it's so empowering. 
and exciting that I just can't help but share the message with everybody that you, there are absolute truths and you can learn and live them and your life will be completely different. And it seems like so straightforward. And, you know, I've been thinking a lot lately that this message wouldn't even hold water a hundred years ago. Like it was so mainstream and common sense that why would there be an organization that's trying to teach people principles, but it's just because they've been lost and we don't talk natural law and we don't read the greats anymore. And so we just don't know. So that's kind of my history and my story. That's why I'm so passionate about this message. That's what principles have done for me. And I'm striving to be a mother of principle by searching for true principles and striving my hardest to live them. So I thought we could take a minute and have each of these beautiful women tell us how they got introduced to the concept of natural law and first principles and what principles and what kind of difference it's made in the way that they think and act and mother their children. Who would like to start? I'll go. Thanks, Leanna. My experience with principles started when I was really young. Some bad things happened to me when I was little and I had to get to a place as, you know, elementary school, young teenager to forgive. And I started finding out that there were principles of forgiveness and principles in relationships that no matter what the other person chose to do, that we have relationships and that we are responsible for each relationship, whether it's a stranger or someone really close to you. So I learned really early on that there were principles that applied to every situation, every person, no matter what. And when I was a teenager, I heard a speaker say, explain principles that they are consecrated truth. They're concentrated truth. And I just thought, okay, I know I get to a principle if I can't go any deeper and I can truly apply it. So then in conversations with friends or family members or in different classes, I would, someone would bring up a, a situation and I would think, okay, what's the principle there? And does it apply here? And so that was my experience, but it was very elementary. I wasn't good at reading the greats at all. So I mostly just found principles in conversation and in discussion. I love to talk. I love people. I love talking to strangers and, you know, striking up a conversation with someone I probably will never see again. And I just, that's my thing. I love it. And I could see principles just interwoven in such a beautiful way in different cultures, different, completely different experiences and different lives. So that I was always looking for that. For me, though, I had no education or understanding about natural law. If someone would have said two years ago, what's natural law? I don't know the law of nature. I don't know. <laughs> for me, with doing the Mission Driven Mom Academy, it quenched the thirst that had been in me mm -hmm. for such a long time to really be consistent in applying these principles I knew in my heart, the principles of parenting. I have eight children, seven boys and a girl, 17 years old, down to one. And I have lots of opportunity to practice applying principles <laughs> on a daily basis with each of my 10 relationships, my husband and my eight children and myself every day, even just helping me really understand the principles of 
the relationship I have with myself was huge and how, how I talk to myself on a daily basis. So for me, the Academy really busted wide open those doors of empowerment and freedom and joy was helping me apply the principles on a daily basis and then search deeper, not to be, to be afraid of those hard questions that can sometimes be painful to really work at. But yeah, that's been my experience with, with principles and the Academy just really helped me level up to the mom and wife and woman I, I want to be that I'm striving to be every day. That's awesome, Leanna. Thanks for sharing that. Meet Kim or Oh Lindsay? yeah. Okay. <laughs> mine's not as mine's not as interesting as Leanna's, but we don't know yet. We haven't <laughs> okay. heard it. Oh, I, I know. So <laughs> um, no, I just for me it was just through Audrey. Not that Audrey's not interesting because of course she is. Especially so, when I'm wearing this t-shirt. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so yeah, I had heard Audrey kind of talk about it years ago and just, but I didn't really know. I was like, okay, you know, I was on my own doing my own thing and stuff like that, but I'd heard her kind of mention it, but never learned more about it. And then I did some kind of the early versions of potentially what turned into MDM with her <laughs> and s- s- groups of women phone calls we do reading and phone calls and stuff I don't know if that had a name or what but I think that was the lifelong learning classes something like that, that yeah teach. yeah yeah, this. It, yeah yeah but it was some of the foundational stuff yeah. and so yeah. that's when that's when I started to be like oh you know kind of see some of these things a little more and uh, understand them but but truly it wasn't until I actually started to do the academy that I was like that they really got into my brain that I was really like had a real understanding. I mean, I read the stuff and I, but I guess maybe because I, I had an understanding of them, but I didn't really apply them when I was doing those things early on, as well as when I actually started doing um, the Mission Driven Mom Academy. And then it was, it was really then that I started, they became more real to me, natural law and principles. And then I actually started make, making a concerted effort to apply them in my life that much more. So mm-hmm. Awesome. Thank you. Lindsay, what are you thinking? I, I just, I mean, you're the one that introduced me. Um, I guess, so our Tracy Hyde, who's also on the leadership team, she actually had been watching, you had, you had released some videos on YouTube <laughs> about principles mm-hmm. and she, she spent three years in Abu Dhabi and just watched those videos on repeat <laughs> all the time. Like she just <laughs> soaked it in. And so when we, so then we met a few years ago and had an opportunity to teach together. And she says, you've got to listen, you know, watch these videos. And, and so I had actually seen your videos before, before Mm -hmm. we met and Mm -hmm. and kind of been introduced to this idea, but like Leanna and Kim, it was getting into the materials, um, getting mentored by you in, you know, in this new language, this new, we have, a, we, at MDM, we have our own language that we're talking yeah. about principles yeah. and natural law and getting into the material and, and we're, and starting to learn how to identify the principles. And then just like yeah. they said, learning how to, what does that mean in my life, how to apply those principles, but it really was such a huge paradigm shift 
to be able to go into any article or book or TV show or movie or whatever and look for what are the truths? Yeah. What am I, what can yeah. I learn? Yeah. How can I yeah. apply that? And, and so then you just start, I mean, you just start seeing it everywhere. And then it just, for me anyways, the, my knowledge and my understanding just exponentially started to increase. I was getting more, anything that I was reading or studying, I was getting more out of it because I was looking mm. for the principles <clears throat> and understanding yeah. how things, you know, connected and what it meant for me. And then, you know, just like everybody else has said, it just changes you. It just fundamentally changes you. I am not the same person I was three years ago. It is everything is just different. Wow. It, it, I thought of a couple of things when you were saying that I got a, a message this week from a woman in our level two program, level two of the academy, which is based on law three, love of truth. And that's where we hit it hard. And we really, you know, after learning to love God and ourselves better and applying principles, now we learn to find the principles. And there's a section in the workbook where we learn to follow the arguments based on an understanding of natural law and first principles. And she just messaged me and was like, oh my goodness, I just read another speech this morning and it was a completely different experience. And it was like, oh, I get it. Like, this, 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 and then this is where you want me to agree with you. And then, uh, you know, and she's like, all of a sudden, I feel like for the first time in my life, I have a choice about what to agree on and a choice about, I can find the truths for myself. And then I can see where I agree or don't agree on the conclusions and the applications of the principles that they're putting forward. So that was really cool. And then I was walking out the door today and you may not know, we'll, we'll do more on this this spring, but we've done a pilot program of the Mission Driven Teen Academy, and it'll be launching this at the end of the spring, early summer. So we've been doing it here with a group, and my son, of course, is one of the students, and I was walking out the door. We're on a wrinkle in time, and they've been reading for a semester and a bit, and there's a bunch of principles that they've already learned that are delineated in the workbook and other that, others that are from the other books that they've read. And so as mentors, we put together a list for the youth of here's some principles you can start looking for in the novel. And he was just like, just the whole page was blues, like, look at this mom. And, and a huge one for him, we talk about true statements and telling yourself the truth. And he was like, her self-talk is awful. Oh my God. He's like, and he's read the book two or three other times. And is now making the connection about how important it is, what our court, you know, those misbeliefs that turn into, you know, that we lie to ourselves and we have this awful self-talk and connecting that anyway. And I think that's one of the most, that's one of the most satisfying things is learning the principles and then seeing them, you know, especially in these classic works of fiction, it totally, I know people that hated A Wrinkle in Time (laughs) until they read it with, through the lens of principles and then Mm. they loved it. Yeah. Right. But being able to see principles in action. I mean, it's it's not just something you're making up. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I have to say that out in the world of memes and out in the world of self-help, there's a lot of application of principles. Yes. That's a dime a dozen. Yes. And people think, oh man, you should listen to this person or, or read this quote. It, my life's changed. But when you look at it, it was very narrow. It was how to apply the principle in this specific area. And what I love is digging in 
to first principles, natural law and principles following that, everything opens up. It's not just, you can apply it to everything, anything. And I think that's where principles, not just application of principles, that's dime in the dozen in our social media world right now, really digging into the, the root, the core principles really empower us to handle anything in our life, even something that we're not dealing with right now that we, we might later on, instead of just focusing on that application. It's different. It's different. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's interesting for me too, because I felt like I've had to unlearn so many of the things that I was taught, especially in grad school, because you know, some of these ideas about social issues and feminism and things like that, that aren't really rooted in true principles, but sound good yes, and sound pleasing to the mind, right? But aren't truly yeah. rooted in, in, in right principles. And, and so I've had to kind of unlearn some of those things that, you know, my husband will remind me sometimes like, you used to think this. And I was like, <laughs> I did? That's so crazy. I can't believe I thought that because I think so different about that now, you know? So it is interesting because then you, like, you, you know, you know, you're not swayed. And so. Wow. And how vitally important is that right now? Well, right, for sure. And it's interesting because when you said we're, we're going to talk about the question, what does it mean to be a mother of the principal? The first thing that came to my head was, I actually looked it up because I was like, first thing that came to my head was the scriptures in Ephesians that says to be mo no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and the cunning craftiness whereby they lie wait to deceive. And I think for me, you know, we get deceived so often because things sound good, but are they based in principles? And that's what principles for me, I feel like has done that it's grounded me in those things that, that are true and are right. And that helped me live my life in a certain way that I'm not being deceived, not being taught. Oh, that sounds like a good idea. Oh, so does this, oh, this, you know, like, but having that grounding in, in the principles, so you're not swayed. Wow. So what difference has it made for you, Kim, that you've, unlearned things what's that process looked like and has it been helpful yeah because you know I would have called myself a feminist before and things like that you know and not really understanding what that means and the history of those things which you know you've got a, a great podcast series on feminism which goes through the history which was hugely helpful for me too I mean some of those I anyway so I think seeing the principles and and seeing those things that I did think about social ideas and, you know, and saying, okay, well, what is that really founded in? What is the right thing? Does it, what's yeah. the principle here? What is it yeah. founded on? Is it take away other people's rights? You know, so is that good? And, and kind of working through that and, and seeing some of those ideas, but really trying to find the principle that they're, those things are based on and be like, Oh, wait, but what I thought about that is actually not really based in a principle. And so having to shift my thinking about that. So. Yeah. Yeah. So Alexander Shultonitsyn said that um, the truth is seldom sweet. It's almost invariably bitter. You've all talked about this, you know, kind of the thrilling, exciting, liberating part of trying to be more principle centered. Has any of it been hard? Have there been truths that have, that have been bitter? Have there, have there been rocky roads or hard times? And what are some examples of, of that? What, what, what comes to mind? <laughs> it's hard. 
right? Once you know the truth, (laughs) then you have to live the truth. You have, you have a podcast called principles stink (laughs) because it, because it kind of does because it, because once you, once you've learned the truth, the principle, you can't go back to your old behavior. You can, but you're going to know that you're not living the way that you ought to live. And so, and it's, and it's hard, it's hard work. It's, it's hard work to identify, like Kim said, those, those false beliefs that you have and to, you know, put these principles into action because that you have to change who you are. Well, and that's, I mean, level two of the Academy is much harder for me than level one <laughs> because I, I like, I like the idea of trying to better myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I know, I know that finding principles and classic readings does the same thing, but it's easier with some of the kind of self-helpy type mm-hmm. books. Mm-hmm. There's more of that in part two of the Academy too. So you part learn two. how to do it in part one of level two. Oh, right, right. Yeah. And then part two is more, let's do, let's apply it now. Let's be better. So there right. is some so, of that, but yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. It's so a little more academic and the yeah. readings are hard. Yeah, they, yeah. they are. Yeah. And, and it's good. I, I actually, I enjoy it, but level one, I was just saying to someone the other day, <laughs> I really liked it. It was like so much more enjoyable for me. It seems, seems weird because it was like hard at the same time, but it's, for me, it was like, I like seeing those things and finding ways to be able to change them. Like one of the big things, and I can give an example if you want, but there's a book that we read called 13 things mentally strong people don't do. Mm -hmm. Is that what it's called? Mm -hmm. And one of the big things they talk about is the idea of they don't control they don't control others, you know, that kind of thing. And, mm-hmm. and um, that was a huge help. That was so hard for me to realize that I'm this hugely controlling person, I'm still working on it. But the application of that, especially in my relationship with one of my children was ch- life changing. Mm. So allowing him to be who he is, and not controlling him has made such a difference in our relationship. Like I said, it's not perfect for sure, but it was rough going to try to change that about myself and let him be and do those things that, oh, you know, as a mom, (laughs) right? Yeah. (laughs) But it was, it it made a big difference and in our relationship. So that's an example. Yeah. Thanks, Kim. So it's not all roses and flowers, and <laughs> butterflies. And, and Lindsay might remember this. I'm not sure if you remember this, Lindsay, but I, I said often, especially early on when we were in some of those, you know, more creative phases, building, taking kind of those old classes that Kim mentioned and, and building level one. You know, I, I said often, I will not sugarcoat this. I'm not going to pretend like this isn't hard and I'm not going to be a quick fix organization and I'm not going to use sales tactics to blindside people and to get them into something that's over their heads. I want them to know that permanent change is hard, but this is the road to permanent change. That those paradigm shifts that you have, I think kind of in conjunction with what you were saying, Lindsay, is some of those are such huge paradigm shifts that you can't go back to the way you used to see yourself in the world. The execution can be rough. And so we have each other, you know, in the Facebook group, accountability partner and everything to help us along the path of trying to be better and different. 
but it's kind of like in the beginning of seven habits where Covey tells the story of, I don't know if anybody remembers it, but he's on the train and the guy's kids are out of control. And he's like, I'll be a decent dad. Would you? And then he finds out that they've just left the hospital where their mother passed away. And his paradigm shift is so instant and immense that he can't go back. And so some of the things that happen when you, Kim mentioned, when you're a mother of principle, you're no longer so easily deceived. You're no longer so tossed around like this woman that messaged me that was like, wow, I see through some of the things now and I feel like I'm on firmer ground and I feel like I can, I can do that. And, and I think another aspect of being a mother of principle would be having those paradigm shifts that make you permanently different. It's not necessarily all the time. It's not necessarily a lot, but it's in ways that are critical for you. I mean, Kim had a bit of a rough and tumble experience changing the relationship with her son, but she wasn't going to go back because the paradigm shift was permanent and deep. And she knew she just needed to make things different. And then it took some time for him to relearn what that relationship looked like and begin to blossom. But then that blossoming took place as they lived, you know, more in harmony with that truth. And of course, we know the way isn't easy for a mother of principle, that it's rougher. It's, and I, and I don't, I don't mean this about me or even our organization. I mean this about truth and principles. It is the higher road. I was talking to my son recently about challenges he's having and decisions he's trying to move forward with. And, and he keeps choosing faith. And I said, of course, it's harder. It's the higher road. There are just some things that there are, there are certain choices we have to make if we want the deeper joy, if we want the greater level of fulfillment, if we want the greater ability to influence, we, we just have to choose the higher road. Yeah, and but that's, so, why, that's why it's so transformational. And satisfying. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. why we. That's why we don't stop doing it. Is it's it's <laughs> addictive yeah. because you start to see the fruits. You start to apply these. You start to see things differently, and then your life changes for the better. Right? Yeah. You're using your time better. Your relationships are better. You have more energy. You're you're relying more on that face. So it, it is harder. But that's why that's why the women are having such a tremendous experience with it. Yeah. Well, and that's, that's how we also know that it's correct is because as Christ said, by their fruits, you know yeah. them. And so we see those fruits in our life and we're like, oh, actually, this is the way because we see those fruits in those changes. Yeah, good point. I've never been a part of something that would seemingly take me away from my family as I'm reading and studying and discussing and be able to immediately see the fruits of more closeness everyone is elevated. When mom elevates herself, everyone else is elevated. And um, we get to be a part of the teen pilot program with MDT with my four teenage boys. And it has been such an amazing thing for all of us to have the same language and to talk and discuss about principles. And we have, you know, the three-year-old throwing a temper tantrum and then my 17-year-old come to me and say, mom, I'm not sure his needs have been met today. We've kind of been a little bit busy, wow. distracted. He needs some love right now. That's awesome. You're right. Let's give him some love. Let's give him some attention. We can all do that. Or he's, he said the same thing to me when, you know, I'm a little grumpy. He, <laughs> he put his arm around me <laughs> gently, respectfully. Have, have you met your needs today, mom? Just, just wondering. <laughs> and it just, so awesome. it, it gives everyone in the family grace to make mistakes and support to course correct because we're all course correcting it's not because we know principles we're perfect at it and we should know better it's it's we're constantly course correcting yeah and gives everyone 
like Lindsay was saying, our own language, it gives us that, that language of truth and of principles mm-hmm. and, and unify families. So it's easy as moms to say, I don't have time. I don't have time. I'm busy meeting everyone else's needs or, you know, but it's like this, it elevates the whole family. Wow. Great point, Leanna. So what other, just kind of as a, maybe a, a last question around the concept of mothers of principles, we've mentioned maybe a, a couple of traits or characteristics. What else might you say a mother of principle is like? How would you describe her? What would it look like to watch her moving about her day and in her life? So for me, that would be a mother who is, is centered, you know, with everything swirling around her she's she's the calm in the middle of the storm and she's spending time studying you have to know what the truth is to be able to live it and so she's she's taking that time to learn the truth but then it's it's allowing her to to be centered to just have that solid foundation and then and then others can can benefit from that love that yeah and that brings confidence Mm. for me it's confidence and and energized there's purpose and that brings about energy when you're living that truth or you're just trying your best to live that truth. You're trying your best to, to teach that truth. One of the fruits of that is truly being energized. And then that, just Mm. that confidence. I know you hear this all the time, Audrey and Lindsay about level one, but it just moms, it's one of the hardest jobs, if not the hardest job out there, because you don't get the pats on the back. And if anyone out there is like me, I lost myself in motherhood. I (laughs) forgot all my strengths. I forgot the things I was good at. And I was really busy doing the things I wasn't good at. Details and managing and keeping a house clean. I wasn't great at it. And I was constantly in the things I wasn't good at. And for me, being learning true principles and applying them helped me to have more confidence to know that I'm the mom I'm supposed to be to my kids and guilt-free living my strengths and letting that guide my mothering and my womanhood. Wow, love that. I don't I don't think I knew what I was when I first was a mom. I don't I didn't have the vision and and now like you said you lost yourself. I don't even know that I had ever had myself (laughs) but now I do because I know I know who I am and what I and what I need to be doing as a mother I think a a mother of principle is also courageous Mm -hmm. she has lots of fears she knows that there are obstacles in her way but she speaks what she knows to be true and she tries really hard to live the truth that she learns to be in internal and external harmony with herself and with the world and to step out courageously and have hard conversations that would be easy to avoid to implement things in her home that sound big and overwhelming to even hear calls to bring her children along in mission work that she feels called to and to let her children watch her use her strengths and to be enriched by it. All of that takes quite a bit of courage. But if you know that you're, that you're founded on truth, then that nurtures your courage, I think. I like that. Kim, you have to find a C word now. <gasps> Centered, confident, courageous. Gosh, didn't even oh, think of that. So much I'm kidding. Sure. You can find any. <laughs> I'm, I'm drawing a blank. <laughs> I do think another, another word that comes to mind with a mother of principle is faithful. She is, she b- takes the higher road. She believes things she can't see. She trusts the principles and the truth. She plugs her family into God. 
And that's part of the centering that you're talking about too, Lindsay. Any other thoughts about what a mother of principle might be or might look like? I would just say one more word that comes to mind and that is um, filled with hope. Mm. Um, there are a lot of moms going through really difficult things, their marriages or children or personal struggles. And yeah. like you were saying to courageously weather those storms, but to be filled with hope yeah, um, because they know the truth yeah, and they're principled on truth. Yeah. I know what word Kim's going to say because she said it to me several times. Do you remember the word that you used a lot to describe what level one was doing for you when you were first going through it? I don't. You kept saying, it's just making me so intentional. I just feel yeah, so that's... much more intentional. Yeah. Like I'm making clearer choices. Did you have other thoughts about that? I just kept remembering that word that used to say. Oh, yeah. Other women have true. said that to me that. It feels like much... level one was a lifetime ago, but. Doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Life, you know? Um... <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, it's it's easy to get caught up in just kind of like Leanne was saying in, in those things that we have to kind of do every day, right? And in the cleaning and the managing of the household and whatever jobs or whatever people do, right? But finding ways to do those things in a way that uses your talents, making decisions for yourself and for your family that you want to make not that you feel like are pressed upon you I mean I think that yeah. that's what intentional right like you I want to do this thing with my family I want this to make this decision for myself or my family and not just have this put on me or yeah going with the flow so yeah, yeah I would say yeah. definitely a mother of principle is makes choices each day that she wants to make and that bring her and her family to the place that she sees them being you know yeah which ties in, I was going to say, what made me think of it was the principle of vision. So that, those intentions tying yeah. into a bigger vision, I feel like a mother of principle has vision. You know, mm -hmm. she thinks outside of today and next week, and she's building a family culture. She's teaching specific lessons on purpose, all to, to move her family in a predetermined direction that she wants them to move. That's better for them and for her. So that was what we wanted to share with you today. Just some of our thoughts and experiences being on this road to try to be more principled as women and as mothers. We all know that we have a long way to go, but I don't know. I feel like I'm on a more sure path. I feel like I'm on, I'm on a path that's taking me where I want to go. I don't feel so lost. I don't feel so confused. I also think that, you know, this idea of principle seems kind of like out of reach kind of, but I think people are really longing for it. My oldest friend a couple of months ago, well, it was five or six months ago, text me because she happened upon Audrey's podcast and she knows who Audrey is. And she happened upon Audrey's podcast and she texts me and she's like, Audrey has a podcast. And she started listening to them. She just ate it up and she just loved it and she was like why didn't you tell me about this before <laughs> she was like legit upset at me why did you and she's like my oldest friend and I don't know why I don't know why I didn't think but she you know she went to the last event she bought the thing and she's you know she just loves it and and it's and so it's just interesting 
I think that people are really longing for something, mm-hmm. right? And sometimes we may overlook that people might need this and we don't bring it up or something like that. But it gives people this, you know, when they, when they get to it, they just like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, you know, it just kind of eat it up because I think people are really longing for it. And once you start to get into these things, it makes sense and it just becomes so, so clear, you know, anyway. Yeah, good point, Kim. Love that. Thank you for that. Our last C word that I can't believe we didn't remember <laughs> is that a mother of principle is a creator. Yeah. Uh, oh, yes. We should have <laughs> thought of that. Oh, oh. you think of that? Oh, gosh. Yes. So mothers of principle are definitely creators. Well, thank you so much for joining me, Kim and Lindsay and Leanna. It was a joy to talk to you about principles, how they have helped us, how they're helping us now, the journey that we're on, the community that we enjoy of like-minded women who want to do this with us. And thanks so much for joining me today to talk about what it means to be a mother of principle. We'll see you next time.